Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This story is not a work of science fiction. Everything you're about to hear is true. The Rhodesian nationalist leader, Bishop Abel Muzarewa, has accepted Mr. Smith's offer to negotiate an... For Southern Television, a TV station based in the south of England, November 26, 1977, was a day like any other. Until 5pm, when this happened. This is the voice of Allah. The broadcast had been hijacked by a deep, echoey voice. The speaker identified themselves as Vrilon and was allegedly calling from outer space. Be still now, or your jobs may not come again. Vrilon had an urgent message for humankind. Live in peace or leave the galaxy. As all this unfolded on screen, the news bulletin continued as if nothing was wrong. The network was completely unaware of this alien intrusion. Many go as wide as this. Then they run out. The message lasted for six more minutes. Eventually, Vrilon's transmission drew to a close, and the voice was gone. We understand that viewers in some parts of the region are receiving a breakthrough in sound. We're sorry about this, and we're doing our best to rectify the fault. After a swift apology and some light news coverage, there were no further disturbances. Southern television moved on. So too did the investigating authorities. And then, finally a very confused general public. Nobody came forward to claim responsibility for this event. To this day, no one knows who was behind it. All we are left with is this alien message. Was it a prank, a protest, or a premonition? Forty-five years on, this strange incident has remained a mystery. But that's where I come in. I'm Tommy Trelawney. This is The Interruption, a podcast from Stag. Episode 1, A Breakthrough in Sound. Hi, nice to meet you. A little something about me. I like to tell hidden stories. They're everywhere, if you know where to look. In fact, it's what I do for a living. On my YouTube channel, Hochelaga, I cover obscure topics that deserve more attention. The story of the interruption 
and how an alien voice got onto the airwaves is one of them. In fact, it was the subject of one of my earliest videos. 40 years ago, a strange incident took place on an English television station. Back when I only had one subscriber, my girlfriend. Hi, Alex. Another thing about me, I love documentaries. Anything that captures the absurd reality we all live in. My channel started as a lockdown project. Looking back, it kept me sane. It gave me something to do while stuck indoors. I had just graduated university and was feeling lost. I was drawn to these hidden tales, forgotten stories with no one to tell them. They were just as lost as I was. We kept each other company during the pandemic. You could say that my story began in October 2020, when the YouTube channel I had made suddenly began to grow. The algorithm seemed to like what I was doing, and in its infinite wisdom, catapulted my videos across the site. One video went truly stratospheric. It was about the horrors of Bible-accurate angels. These horrifying abominations are more suited to an H.P. Lovecraft novel, not really the Bible. That video has over 14 million views, and the channel sits at 700,000 subscribers. Seems like my stories had found an audience. One final thing about me. I studied theology at university. Religion, philosophy, that kind of thing. I'm not religious myself, but it all goes back to that love of story. The myths, legends and rumours that make up our lives in some way, however we choose to view them. A lot of my videos are about these beliefs. I guess I found a use for my very niche degree subject. Okay, the interruption. How did I come across this story? As I mentioned before, it was one of my earliest videos. I stumbled upon it during lockdown, while my family were downstairs watching baking tutorials. We are showing you everything you need to know about layer cake. Or talking to relatives via Zoom. I was in my room down an internet rabbit hole. I think we've all been there. I was browsing through unusual Wikipedia entries. From the history of evil laughs, to a list of pop stars accused of being reptilian humanoids in disguise. Oh my goodness, Justin Bieber's here! One of these articles was on the Southern Television Interruption. It's not the catchiest name, I have to admit, but I'd already clicked the link. The Wikipedia page was pretty bare bones, but had just enough information to pique my interest. It had aliens, hijacks, and spirituality. Plus, it happened right here in the UK my home turf. My original video on YouTube was also pretty bare bones. After all, there wasn't much to go on. No one was caught. No one came forward. No one knows how it happened. My discovery of this story came at a critical time. With every year that passes, we risk losing more evidence. This couldn't happen. I couldn't let it happen. I've always felt that there was more to this story. So I kept coming back to it. I couldn't get it out of my mind. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that recording. This is the voice of the static hiss, the droning hum, and that resonant voice shifted down to a bassy pitch. At the end of 2021, I decided to solve this mystery. It was gonna be my New Year's resolution. So on the 1st of January, I watched my own video to refresh my memory. November 26, 1977 was the same as any other day for the UK.
UK Southern Television. I still had my unusual day job to do, so I did my research whenever I could. Lunch breaks, evenings, and sometimes over the weekend. Perhaps it's a little sad, but I was determined to solve this. Turns out, there is more to this story. A lot more. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The Southern Television Interruption is a unique event, for sure. But it's not the only television hijack that we know of. In fact, it's not even the most famous one. That title goes to the Max Headroom incident. You may have heard of it. Chicago, 1987. Two local television stations are overrun by a rogue signal. One after the other. On both occasions, the program flips to a figure wearing an oversized rubber mask. Judging by the blonde hair and thick sunglasses, they were dressed as Max Headroom. This is Max Headroom. A fast-talking fictional AI character known for his glitchy satirical quips. If that hasn't got Oscar written all over it, I'll eat my invitation to the award ceremony. But this Max Headroom was far less polished. The video starts with him bobbing his head at a camera. There's a spinning piece of corrugated metal behind him. It's hypnotic. The person begins to speak. But it's heavily distorted and hard to make out. The camera abruptly cuts to the prankster with his trousers down. He's being spanked by a robed figure. A amid the chaos and the screaming, it suddenly cuts to black. The Max Headroom incident is the most famous, or infamous, of its kind. There's something quite creepy about him. It's quite strange, for sure, but it's also quite funny. The prankster is clearly having a good time. By the way, we still don't know who was behind it. A duo who have delved into the world of Max Headroom are Ben Brock Johnson and Amory Sivertson. They're the hosts of Endless Thread, a podcast exploring the internet's rich ecosystem of unsolved mysteries. Picture you're watching television in the 80s, which is actually extremely different than how we consume video content now. You're, you know, flipping through channels, and all of a sudden, the regularly scheduled programming is interrupted by a sort of weird, grainy image Part of the image is, is this kind of this kind of spinning vortex of a background that's sort of like lines on corrugated metal. So it has this kind of down the rabbit hole feel to it. And then the other part of the image is this kind of like maniacal figure who is wearing a rubber mask and they're sort of cackling and yelling and gesticulating maniacally. And none of it really makes sense, but the person is, is kind of yelling specific things. This person references Chuck Swirsky, and you, maybe you know who that is or you don't. I just know that Chuck Squirsky is a liberal. That's the only word that <laughs> reminds me. He's a freaking liberal. A freaking liberal, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and it's, you know, it's, it happens so quickly that I think you would probably be a little bit hard pressed to understand what the hell was going on, but you would know that it was not what was planned for the television broadcast. 
I'm new to the art of solving a mystery, but learning how Ben and Amory approached this interruption will give me ideas about how to approach my one. For those who think outside the box, anything is a clue. You know, Ben was describing the, the reference to Chuck Swirsky, saying he's a frickin' nerd, he's a frickin' liberal. They make reference to WGN, which is the sports station that Chuck Swirsky works for, and that stands for World's Greatest Newspaper, but it's a big TV and newspaper and radio station in Chicago at the time. He um, does a parody of a Coke commercial where he... He smashes a Pepsi can and throws a Pepsi can and says, catch the wave. And at this time, I think uh, Max Headroom, the figure, had was already like a, a sponsor for Pepsi or was being used as a spokesperson for Pepsi. The new Coke pop quiz. Cokeologist dismissed. All others pay attention. He hums the, the theme song to the animated show Clutch Cargo. Clutch Cargo and his pal Spinner and Paddlefoot. In another exciting adventure. So it's kind of this weird buffet of bizarre <laughs> references and uh, just poking fun at seemingly everyone and everything for, what, about 90 seconds that second interruption is? 60 to 90 seconds? It's, it's long and it's weird and it leaves everyone with kind of like a, a WTF chill going down their spine. So for me, it was a little bit different, I think, because this is, if you're at all sort of techie or internet, you know, if you're extremely online um, and of a certain age, this is a famous incident. It's something you've heard about. It's something that is kind of like held up in hacker circles as an impressive intrusion. It's it really sort of like, I think, well regarded by anybody who enjoys and gets mirth from from messing with the, you know, m m like messing with the normies, for lack of a better term. So I think for me, I came to it not actually expecting that we would get very far because it's just been for decades this kind of famous mystery and if anyone can you know get to the bottom of something it's it's the hacker community and so i i, I didn't come to it actually expecting that we would get as far as we did um, but just from a kind of practical standpoint i think for us like step one is talking to chuck swirsky while Ben and Amory are sharing their methods and findings, I'm hastily writing out a to-do list. Scan the message for clues, Google what a hacker community is, find eyewitnesses. It can only help to like find find your friends, find the other people who are who are just as puzzled by this as you and see how their brain is thinking about it. And one of those people was a guy named Chris Niddle who's a documentarian and wrote an incredible piece for Vice about Max Headroom. So we definitely talked to Chris and, and had a fun time going down different rabbit holes with him, one of which that I remember feeling like this is the most promising, the answer lies here, is with the various uh, local and national FCC offices that were working on this case. By the way, the FCC stands for Federal Communications Commission, the regulator for radio and television broadcasts in the United States. 
So you had a, a local FCC chapter in the Chicago area, and then you have the D.C. office, and they're comparing notes and uh, comparing strategies. And I think that the answer to all of this really got lost in the investigation. They had a chance to solve this, and and they biffed it through a lack of communication or just stubbornness or uh, or something like that. In their quest to unveil who was underneath the rubbery mask of Max Hedrum, Ben and Amory scoured the web, trawled through archives, and interviewed people close to the incident. But every time they felt that they were getting somewhere, a confusing new piece of information would unravel their meticulous theories, landing them back at square one. Ultimately, they didn't get the answers they were looking for. Max kept slipping away. The more I worked on this, the more it felt like, ugh, someone knows, <laughs> someone knows who did this and they're just not coming forward or or they are the person who did this and they've decided, nope, no one will ever know that it was me. Unsolved does not mean unsuccessful. There's more to a broadcast interruption than just the identity. It's the bizarre world they inhabit and the mythology they inspire. Ten years before the Max Hedrum incident, across the pond in jolly old England, we have this alien impersonator on British airwaves. It might not be as famous, but to my mind, it's far more intriguing. The alien message does not seem like a joke. It's a sincere plea for us Earthlings to embrace peace. Where's the punchline? Plus, a little bit of obscurity goes a long way. Unlike Max Hedrum, a large-scale investigation of this alien broadcast has never been done before. I'm not following a map, I'm writing it. As far as we know, the Southern Television Interruption was the very first of its kind. Whoever did this was a real pioneer in broadcast piracy, all the way back in 1977. Welcome to the late 70s, the era of flared jeans, big collars and wavy hair. The economy is in a shambles, but hey, we have disco. The Apollo space program had sparked a sci-fi renaissance. In 1977, Star Wars had become a global phenomenon and had broken almost every box office record. And let's not forget Steven Spielberg's UFO epic, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which premiered earlier that month. It was the perfect time for an alien-themed interruption. It was in the music too, particularly with artists like David Bowie. One of his most famous songs, Starman, seems to eerily predict the interruption. The lyrics are all about how an alien, Ziggy Stardust, breaks onto the human radio and tells us, quote, not to blow it, because he knows it's all worthwhile. Don't you think it's strangely similar to Vrillon's message of peace and love? Pop culture aside, I wonder what the average Southern television viewer thought to the event. Was it even something they remember? If we're going to solve this one, we need to get a better understanding of what happened that night and see it through the eyes of those who were actually there. In other words, we need to find people who were watching Southern television at precisely 5pm on the 26th of November, 1977. Right. Where to begin? 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I suppose I ought to explain what I mean by Southern Television. Back in the 70s, Southern was one of the many regional broadcasters across the UK. They offered an alternative to the BBC. Southern was the license holder for the south coast of England. The interruption didn't affect the whole region, just the rural counties of Hampshire and Berkshire. The disturbance was traced to a large television tower near a village called Hannington. Whoever was responsible flooded this transmitter with their own signal, meaning that anyone in the wider area would have received the alien message. The search is now location-specific. The interruption affected anyone living in the radius of that hijacked transmitter. When it comes to the internet, if you can think of something, it probably exists. So, after a bit of digging, I stumbled across a Southern Television fan club on Facebook. A space for viewers and ex-employees of Southern to chat about all things related to their favourite regional broadcaster. I dusted off my Facebook account, joined the group and typed a post. Dear Southern TV viewers, is that too formal? Hi everyone, casual, nice. I would love to know whether anyone in this community has more information about the Southern television interruption when a mysterious alien voice spoke through the airwaves and post. The next day, I went to see how my post was doing. I was surprised to see that it was full of responses. I remember the incident. I was living in Twickenham and was about 20. I just installed a Hannington aerial to get Southern TV. Was it aliens or the government? Who knows? One thing's for sure, it's a mystery. I remember it well, but was not on duty that evening. I can verify that technical breakdowns did occur. All I know is that Ivan Mills was the ITN newscaster at the time the incident happened. Lots of fake posts on YouTube which show Southern's Cliff Michael Moore on Day by Day. I remember hearing this live. I was living with my parents at the time in Andover. I wasn't expecting to see so many lively comments on my post. Seems like quite a few people had seen the interruption live. I replied to all the messages eager to hear more about their experiences. Two members of the group agreed to chat with me. Tommy, it's Peter. Oh, hi, Peter. How are you doing? The first was Peter. Peter was watching from home in Hampshire. It's, it's, um, it's so great to chat to you. I really, really appreciate um, having a little chat about this very strange incident from 1977. Yes. I can't believe 
believe it's so long ago, really. You know, you're going to appreciate my memory of it. It's faded a bit, but uh, of course, it made quite an impact at the time. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's nearly forty-five years since it happened. Oh, don't say it like that. It made <laughs> <you think>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was born in 1997, twenty years after the incident. For context, this is when talk of the interruption first appears on internet forums. Speaking with Peter on the phone helped me appreciate just how much time had really passed. What were you doing on the day of the interruption? Ah, oh, I don't know. It was, it was in the afternoon, as I remember. Um, I think, uh, I, as I told you, living with my parents, probably going to have afternoon tea or something like that. So I honestly can't remember because it's a long time ago, but the television was on in the room. Youth from Kent accused of firing a gun near the Queen. The programme sound, the normal um, TV programme sound from the news bulletin or whatever the programme that was on at the time, um, faded out and there's noise, noise on the, on, on the frequency. It sort, it sort of faded out. And then there was this boom, boom, Doom, 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 noise came up. And then th that went on right the way through this. Um, and there was this voiceover, which was, I didn't, I can't remember a lot of what was said, but it wasn't terribly clear, to be quite honest. But I remember enough of it that it was something about a galactic civilization or something or other. And uh, I got the impression that it was, it was, it was telling us to uh, watch our step and, you know, Earthmen, because we're up here and watching you, type of thing. <laughs> One of the comments mentioned how a number of YouTube videos were recreations, made with clips from other shows. I was curious to know what Peter had actually seen. When it happened, was there any visual disturbance? Did the screen crackle? No, none at all. None at all. It was it was purely on the sound, which would be the case because the um, sound and vision carriers of the TV transmission um, are, are separate. If there had been, they would have been something like a herringbone pattern or something like that. If the carrier was on the near the vision channel, you get like the sort of lines on the screen or something like that. You wouldn't get a picture of an alien head or anything like that. <laughs> Whilst the audio is genuine, the visuals you see online are not. Good thing this is a podcast. Another viewer I reached out to was David. On the 26th of November 1977, David was just a young 20-year-old doing chores for his mum. Today, he was up on the roof, setting up their new TV aerial. Downstairs, however, his mum was watching the screen, flickering in and out. I was interested in receiving Southern Television, and by a total coincidence, happened to finally get round to installing the aerial and playing around with it on the day when the incident happened. I installed it and connected it up to the TV and tuned it in. There's been a big response to yesterday's reconstruction. Then just as the newsreader started talking, the sound went all funny and hissy and everything. Then there was this voice, a sort of deep voice coming over and saying things. I must be honest, I'm not that clear now what it was saying because I was more interested. And I thought at the time it was a technical fault, possibly my reception. Out of all the days to set up an aerial, David chose this one. Your recollection of the um, actual message, you said it was quite hazy? It was hazy, it was murmured, it was very murmured and garbled. I mean, as I said, I was probably more interested in what was happening rather than what was being said because it wasn't what I wanted to hear, if you know what I mean. At that point, I didn't think it was going to be a major news story. It was only after I phoned I'll say it again. 
Out of all the days to set up an aerial, David chose this one. He was less concerned about Vrillon's warning, and more so whether his aerial was connecting to the telly. Both Peter and David were utterly confused by this alien broadcast. So too were thousands of others who'd been watching the news that day. Shortly after the message ended, the newsreader attempted to reassure startled viewers. Finally back home, engineers are trying to trace the source of what they call a rogue transmission, which lasted about six minutes during ITN's early evening news bulletin. It affected viewers in the Berkshire and Hampshire areas served by the Hannington transmitter. They heard a voice which cut across what I was reading. The voice said, Earthlings, lay down your arms. This is a message from outer space. Vrillon doesn't actually say these words, by the way but I suppose he gets the gist. Well, thousands of viewers later phoned Southern Television, the police and ITN here. A spokesman for the Independent Broadcasting Authority said, this is the first incident of its kind in Britain. Winchester Police said some people were frightened by the hoax message. They said they sent an officer to calm down one woman. Well, I hope nothing's interrupted this bulletin wherever you are this evening. From all of us here, good night. The interruption continues for a full six minutes. While Vrillon comes in peace, there's something a little menacing about the tone. Perhaps it's that eerie, distorted voice. Even now, it kind of gives me the creeps. Hundreds of anxious calls flooded the Southern Television help desk. At the time, the station had no idea that something was wrong, but it was too late. Before they had a chance to stop it, the transmission had already ended. Also blindsided by the event was the Independent Broadcasting Authority, whose job it was to regulate and monitor television, to essentially make sure that this exact thing didn't happen. <sighs> the Independent Broadcasting Authority is at a loss to explain the mysterious message... Here's a clip from the Independent Radio News the morning after. The slow, deep voice proclaimed in part, all your weapons of evil must be destroyed, you only have a short time to learn to live in peace. The station was immediately besieged by worried telephone callers demanding an explanation, but as the information officer for the Broadcasting Authority, John Ginnery, says, there could be several different causes of the message. Well, we don't, we don't know for sure that it was a pirate call. We know that there were some voices over saying certain things of which we haven't got an exact record. Uh, we've had a lot of accounts. Obviously, a lot of people have been phoning us and, uh, and other people about it. We simply don't know what it was. Um, broadcasts, of course, are monitored at, a, at an operation centre, but there there was simply a mumble and uh, there was some picture distortion. Uh, we've had a lot of reports in, but as I say, we, we simply don't know what it was. For the Independent Broadcasting Authority, this incident was a serious breach. Whoever was responsible had managed to bypass all security measures that were in place, leaving the authorities totally baffled. Even the information officer had no information. It's worth remembering that they'd also broken the law on a number of counts. One, they were conducting a transmission without a licence. Two, and perhaps more serious, disrupting a public broadcast. At a time when aliens appeared in songs, films, and now on the news, the media coverage of the interruption was surprisingly mild. I'm a little surprised by this. I would have expected an incident as bizarre as this to be making the headlines. But I suppose, why risk scaring more people? That said, in the following weeks, it was featured on the London radio station, LBC in this segment from The Brian Hayes Show. 
The UFO industry had a boost recently when this voice interrupted the news for Southern TV viewers. This is the voice of Grimmar, representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to... After hearing that recording, I asked my studio guests what they thought of it. First was Dr John Gribben from the Science Policy Research Unit at the University of Sussex. Well, obviously it happened, uh, and, and until somebody comes forward and says, well, I did it, and, and it was a hoax, um, it's not proven that it was a hoax. But my view is that if anybody had the capacity to travel across space from another star and come to the Earth, I mean, they would certainly have the capacity to uh, do a much more impressive broadcast, not just on the, uh, the southern part of Britain, but something which took over communications across the world. I mean, you, you've only got to take over a satellite, something like the, the, the old telescope, Star or the Intelsat satellites, and, and you've taken over all communications over half the world mm. in, instead of a small part of one country. So it, it's not really impressive enough for, for, it, for me to be a, a genuine voice from space. He raises a good point. If this was genuine alien contact, why choose to target the residents of rural South England? If Rillon had really travelled across time and space with the Ashtar Command, you'd expect the alien to be a bit more, well, ambitious. Oh, and one more thing. Beneath that distorted voice, you can just about hear an English accent. Another giveaway that our mystery speaker is more terrestrial in origin. We'll come back to that. Months passed, and the British public largely forgot about the interruption. It had been widely assumed that it was a group of student pranksters looking for a laugh. The Sunday Times speculated that all they would have needed to override the television signal at Hannington was... £80 worth of equipment powered by an ordinary car battery. Other suggestions at the time ranged from a disgruntled engineer working at Southern to a university professor with a taste for New Age philosophy. Of course, there are still some who believe that the message really did come from outer space. As a broadcast hijack occurs over the airwaves, there's no traditional crime scene. No equipment was left behind at the transmitter. All we have is that bizarre cosmic message. I was curious to know whether David and Peter had any ideas of who it was. After all, they'd seen it unfold live. I think it's more like to be a student or someone having a bit of fun. It, I don't think it, it doesn't, the, the whole thing doesn't sound like anyone disgruntled. It sounds like someone um, having a bit of fun, as it were. <laughs> That's Peter speaking. So the thing about this is with the technology of the time, to do this would have been fairly easy. Um, I could have done it if I if I wanted to. It wouldn't it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be difficult. Yeah. Is that a confession? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely, it definitely wasn't me. But, no, no, no. Um, I'm I like a good cock up on the television. It's you know when they they lose the feed and, and they suddenly cut to the guy who's got no script and hasn't a clue what he's doing type of thing. I, I love all that stuff. <laughs> mm. um, and this really was pretty much. Um, this, this was um, uh, in that sort of vein, but of course it was a deliberate um, provoked thing. OK, perhaps it was too early to go round making accusations, but it's worth a shot. Provided you had enough power and the right equipment, you could fool the transmitter into broadcasting another signal. Yours. As for the alien audio, it was most likely pre-recorded onto a cassette tape which might explain why it's laden with special effects. Uh, so a question I was curious to know, or, or what your thoughts could be on it. So whoever did it, assuming it's a person, of course, targeted yeah. Hannington. Yes. Do you have any inclination of 
to why someone might do this? You know, could it have been a prank? I would say it was a prank, yes. I mean, I don't think it... I, I would guess it was a prank rather than for political reasons, um, but that's purely a guess. That's David again. And why they targeted Hangington at a guess was possibly from where they lived to where they got there. They were probably, I'm guessing now, could be students. A lot of people think it might have been students. Um, uh, Hangington, it may have been that they just, I'm guessing, looked at how, which, which real estate had the more populations, that sort of thing. Maybe it's where they knew people lived that they knew they wanted a surprise. I think they might be watching it or something. I, I can't, I mean, I can't guess. There's a thousand reasons. I, that's pure guesswork. I, I can't really speculate. There are a thousand potential motives. It's just finding the right one. I want to know why this alien broadcast exists. But most of all, I want to find out who was behind it. I want to do the impossible. The odds of finding something are against me, but I'm ready for it. I have a New Year's resolution to fulfil. I have 365 days to find out who Vrilon really is. Of course, I'm going to need some help. This is the interruption meeting one. Yeah. That's Nikki Anderson, my producer. Unlike me, she's a journalist by trade, but she's just as intrigued by this story as I am. I guess all good investigators come in pairs. If you think about it, the more I was reading into it, to this day, anonymous are using broadcast interruptions in Russia about yeah, yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. That I'm like, it's amazing that this all began. And yes, okay, these people might, we mightn't believe aliens exist. Yeah. The message, like you said in your YouTube video, like the message itself is one of peace. It's almost like what could have happened if we did listen. Nikki's right. Broadcast interruptions have been around for a long time, especially in political protests. It wasn't long ago when cyber vigilante group Anonymous hacked Russian state TV to show footage of Putin's war in Ukraine. Every single show on every single station and every time slot was titled On Your Hands is the Blood of Thousands of Ukrainians and Hundreds of Their Murdered Children. TV and the authorities are lying. No to war. And only recently in Iran, a team of protesters disrupted a pro-government news bulletin with a picture of the supreme leader with a big red X. The message in Farsi read, The blood of our youths is on your hands. For sure, the interruption is a strange footnote in a wider history of broadcast piracy. But when they happen, they're often used to make a statement. This is what I find so intriguing about the alien message. It's a warning. A call to human beings to change their ways before it's too late. I guess history really does repeat itself. I'm not the first to have looked into the interruption. Back in 2017, David Barnett from The Independent published a long-form piece on it. Vrilon, the alien voice hoax that became a legend. As you can guess from that title, it looks into the event and explores different theories. But he came to no conclusions and found no answers. Only more questions. Online, a new Reddit thread about this incident will pop up every now and then. Posts are inundated with comments, opinions and debates. But it's the same situation. Nobody knows what happened. But now, it's my turn. I'm going to put an end to this speculation. I have reopened this 45-year-old cold case. Who or what was behind the interruption? Earth, as you call it, faces a certain situation 
a rather um, a dangerous one. You could say that this is fraud, of course, but I would rather interpret it as a genuine attempt to reveal important religious messages to people. It was real to take the piss of the establishment. Behind whatever motive there was for what happened in 1977, it was an amazing event. Hi, so am I speaking to Vrilon? Yes, you are. Great to see you. The Interruption is a Stack production, written and presented by me, Tommy Trelawney. It was produced and co-written by Nikki Anderson. Sound design by Tom Wally. Executive production for Stack came from Luke Moore, Charlie Morgan and John Teague.